Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast, The Endurance of Labor Laws. I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 308, and we're going to take a look at a bank that you might very well know pretty good because there is a lot of coverage about this one. This is a bank that failed out in California. They have several branches, actually many branches, but the name of the bank that we are going to discuss today is called Silicon Valley Bank. And this one is located in California, and this one was on the news quite a bit. It's kind of shocking. But before we dive in, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, you guys are awesome. We love to see you here and you guys are great. We love you very much. Do check us out on YouTube as well. So a big shout out to Virginia, Oklahoma, California, New York, Texas, Pennsylvania, Illinois, British Columbia, Florida, New Jersey, Oregon, Georgia, West Virginia, Indiana, Colorado, Arizona, Ohio, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Washington, Alabama, Nebraska, Utah, District of Columbia, also known as DC, aka the swamp. Let's drain it. Please, let's drain it. We need to very much so. Uh let's see. A big shout out to Mississippi, Kansas, North Carolina, Tennessee, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Louisiana, Hawaii, Nevada, Maryland, New Mexico, Idaho, Michigan, Alberta, Iowa, Ontario, Wisconsin, New Brunswick, Manitoba, Connecticut, Newfoundland and Labrador, as well as Nova Scotia. In terms of countries, the United States, Singapore, Canada, the Russian Federation, the United Kingdom, Australia, the Netherlands, India, China, South Africa, Niger, Slovakia, Japan, Denmark, Uzbekistan, the Federated States of Micronesia, the Philippines, Bangladesh, Hong Kong, Greece, Egypt and Israel. Good to see all of you. All right. So the reason why this might ruffle some feathers um is because this is kind of um a sensitive topic with Silicon Valley Bank and I will explain why in just a moment, but let's go ahead and dive in directly into the material about it when it failed, when it closed, and then we will discuss the two different press releases because two press releases were sent out uh about this bank from the FDIC and for very good reason. So this one it kind of hit the fan. I'm not saying the others did not, but this one definitely did. So Silicon Valley Bank um is located in Santa Clara, California, at least their HQ, but again a lot of these banks have multiple branches. So whenever I'm listing the city and the state, that is where they are headquartered. So if ever a bank is shut down, you have to go to their main branch to shut it down. Um and again they closed and well failed and closed March 10th 2023. So let me click on this and again I'm reading from the fdic.gov website and I'm going to read um directly from this this little snippet and then I will read there are two different press releases which were very interesting. So it says on on Friday March 10th 2023 Silicon Valley Bank of Santa Clara California was closed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation which that's I think that's funny that they say protection and innovation <laughs> because um you, you know if a bank is failing they're not protected and there is no innovation see that's the hypocrisy and the lies of California they use a lot of titles to puff themselves up but it it is to disguise that they're socialists and they really don't want people to know just how much things fail horribly so out in California and it cost billions of dollars so just FYI um just because someone has a fancy title or a fancy department name that doesn't mean that they are actually as good as they claim to be but anyway this bank was closed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation i have to laugh because <laughs> California is extremely bankrupt so good luck with that they love to pat themselves on the back so anyway uh, they closed them down and uh, the federal deposit insurance corporation also known as FDIC was named the receiver for this bank and as usual no advance notice is given to the public when a financial institution is closed i disagree with that but i understand why i disagree with it because i think people need to be told what's going on but again you know these banks whenever they fail it's not like it's just dropping out of the sky there are many things that were going on for a long time that were not being done correctly 
and we will see why in just a moment. So again, bank failures they don't just happen randomly and they don't just fall out of the sky. There are many things that take place beforehand that it it gets bad for a reason. It's because they were not doing their job. Basically, stupid people were doing stupid things with other people's money. That that's why these banks failed every single time. Every single time. So just because, you know, I'll go out on a tangent here for just a moment, just because someone studies finance or banking or economics and then they go work for a bank, that doesn't mean that they are the perfect candidate for that job or that bank. If anything it's been my experience that whenever people have that background of finance or some kind of a business degree, they um uh, to me they're shady. They're shady and they're shifty. I'm saying this from a an accounting point of view. And the reason why I I don't like to work with people that have that kind of background whether in business like a like like MBA or a um some kind of financial degree is because they try and skirt the truth all the time. Like they don't actually do a good job. And that's what bothers me. And needless to say, that's why so many of these banks failed is because they put bad people in what should have been a good role to lead the bank in a good direction and that did not happen. So so needless to say, just because someone has a degree in something doesn't mean that they are qualified to do that job. It also does not mean that they have the character, excuse me, the character, the morals or the values to be responsible in that position that they are hired to do. So just because you know, you know like for example, someone is a CEO, that doesn't mean that they should be a CEO. <laughs> you know what I mean? It just because someone is VP uh VP of finance, that doesn't mean that they should be a VP or that they should be working in finance because usually we don't find out until after something hits the fan that they should have never been involved in that industry. So this is why you have to be careful about that. Um but it says uh, in this little snippet it says to protect depositors, the FDIC transferred all the deposits and all of the assets of Silicon Valley Bank to Silicon Valley Bridge Bank National Association, a full service bank that was operated by the FDIC. So basically, because a bank was not willing to take over um these debts or losses the FDIC creates what is called a bridge bank so that's why it's called Silicon Valley Bridge Bank it's not owned by Silicon Valley Bank this is owned now by the FDIC later on it gets taken over or bought out by another bank but the bridge bank is basically to bridge a gap between the failed bank and the depositors it, you know it's the FDIC trying to help protect depositors is what it is. Uh, but anyway, um the Silicon Valley Bridge Bank National Association is a full service bank that was operated by the FDIC, again, not by the original bank. Okay, so it's operated by the federal government via the FDIC. So this is federal agency kind of stuff, right? But in the financial sector. It says on March uh March 26th, the FDIC entered into a purchase and assumption agreement for all deposits excluding certain ones here. CD and that's CEDE and company deposits and loans of Silicon Valley Bridge Bank by First Citizens Bank and Trust Company of Raleigh, uh, North Carolina as part of this transaction Silicon Valley Bridge Bank was placed into receivership. Now let's take a look at the press release. This is from March 13th. So this is when things really started to hit the fan, if not a little bit prior to that because they were you know basically society especially in that area was noticing that there was a basically a a rush or a run on the bank and so whenever there is a rush or a run on the bank they usually close <laughs> so because they don't want all the money leaving the vault and i can understand why but i can i can also understand why the depositors were scared because they realized this bank was really stupid and it was operating in in a manner that was not appropriate but with other people's money. I guarantee you management was was living high on the hog probably and is doing just fine. Um but there's a reason why this bank failed. But anyway, this is the press release via the FDIC from March 13th of 2023. That was on a Monday. It says the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, also known as FDIC, 
um, transferred all deposits, both insured and uninsured, surprisingly, and all assets of the former Silicon Valley Bank of Santa Clara, California, to a newly created, full-service FDIC-operated bridge bank, and an action designed to protect all depositors of Silicon Valley Bank. Now, I, I disagree with this. I don't think anyone should be protected over 250k, because if you do that, we're talking millions, if not billions, of dollars. When you when you go above beyond that 250k mark, which is what you are insured up to by the FDIC, when you go over that, that puts a strain on the American people, because it's the American taxpayer that will basically fit that bill one way or another. It may not be directly through your taxes. But what happens is that financial loss is passed on to other banks that participate in our banking system in the United States, and then you know all these fines and fees that you pay or whatever, they go up because of this stuff. So even though you may not have had money in Silicon Valley Bank, if the FDIC is going to cover all of that, even uninsured, which they should not cover any uninsured accounts or deposits. But people threw such a hissy fit about this one that the FDIC did insure it. They insured and covered the uninsured, which they should not have done. But because they did that, that financial stress is put onto all of us whenever we go to our banks, whether it's you know a Chase Bank or some other bank, whatever the case may be. All these fines and fees that are that are operational in every bank they go up because banks have to recoup that loss. And so does the FDIC fund, which is operated by the federal government. So this is why this one hit the fan and why it was so bad, because what the federal government does sometimes via Democrats, via progressives, via liberals, via socialists, okay, they like to spread the burden, as opposed to letting people take responsibility for their mistakes. So now we're all paying this price. That's a problem, and it's not fair to the American public. It's not fair to to these citizens that had nothing to do with this. Nothing goes on to say depositors will have full access to their money beginning this morning, which is obviously on March 13th. Let's see, of 2023, I should say, when Silicon Valley Bridge Bank, the Bridge Bank, opens and resumes normal banking hours and activities, including online banking. Depositors and borrowers will automatically become customers of Silicon Valley Bridge Bank, and will have customer service and access to their funds by ATM, debit cards, and writing checks in the same manner as before. Silicon Valley Bank's official checks will continue to clear. <laughs> Surprisingly, <laughs> loan customers should continue making loan payments as usual. So even though this bank has failed as a loan customer, you better continue to make your payments. Because they're not going to feel sorry for you, which is stupid. Because it's not the customer's fault that this bank failed. It's not. It goes on to say, Silicon Valley Bank was closed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation on Friday, March 10th, 2023, and the FDIC was appointed receiver. Here's the thing: just because it says that it was closed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. That doesn't mean that they are the be-all, end-all. The reason why that they had to close it was because the FDIC got involved. So whenever it says that a a agency from a state says that it closed the bank, it's not necessarily because they wanted to. It's because they had to. It's a federal law, basically. Whenever the FDIC comes in, and they are and they are appointed the receiver of that bank. Whatever this, whatever the state the bank is in, that financial protection agency, whatever they want to call it, has to close it. So if this bank was located in Wisconsin, you know, the the Wisconsin Department of Financial Protection or whatever, whatever they call themselves in Wisconsin, they would have to close this bank in order to pass it off to the FDIC because the FDIC is appointed the receiver whenever a bank fails. So don't be impressed. With the state of California, so hey, they are idiots. So just be aware of that, especially the people that work for their agencies. They're very dumb.、Um, 
It goes on to say the transfer, uh, sorry, the transfer, sorry, my accent from Oklahoma, the transfer of all the deposits was completed under the systemic risk exception approved yesterday. All depositors of the institution will be made whole. I don't agree with that at all. I think anyone with 250K, if it's over 250K, it, you know, you're on your own. The reason why is that rule applies. It's supposed to apply to everybody equally. Just because your bank account was in this bank in California, that doesn't mean you get special treatment. But this bank and their depositors and their account holders got special treatment because this took place in California. And that is such a slap in the face to the rest of the United States. It is extremely a slap in the face because California is bankrupt and has been for a long time. And the reason why is because you have Democrats in charge of so many things. But yet they pat themselves on the back and make it seem like they know everything because they have a problem with entitlement thinking. But when you take a look at the facts, California is pretty much a complete state of failure. Just because it has beaches and beautiful houses and palm trees and movie stars That doesn't mean that the state or its banking system or its banks are run very well because they are not. It goes on to say no losses associated with the resolution of Silicon Valley Bank will be borne by taxpayers. That's bull. That's a lie. How else are the financial losses supposed to be recovered if the FDIC is going to cover all of it, meaning insured accounts and then uninsured That is a big problem. That does get passed on to taxpayers. And Silicon Valley Bank, the state of California, doesn't care who it hurts. It doesn't care who it robs. And what I mean by that is they are getting all this money to cover their stupidity at this bank. And the only reason why is because it's located in the lovely state of California. And California is a beautiful state. It is beautiful. And they have... They do have some normal citizens, but, you know, if they keep voting in these stupid Democrats, you know, it's really quite dumb. I don't get it. But needs to say, the state of California, it's like they're untouchable. They're not. No one is too big to fail. No one. But unfortunately, our FDIC and our federal government gave in to the state of California and they gave in and pandered to Silicon Valley Bank. They're not even that good of a bank. So, I mean, first of all, just in general, you should never pander to anyone, ever. Pandering to someone is a form of weakness and stupidity. Don't ever do that. But unfortunately, our federal government and the FDIC, their knees buckled, basically, and they gave in to the state of California, and they gave in to Silicon Valley Bank. They should not have done that at all. A financial loss is a financial loss. Get over it. What else is new? It sucks, but this is what happens when you're not paying attention to your money. This is what happens. It goes on to say shareholders and certain unsecured debt holders will not be protected. I want to know, I, I wonder which ones they're talking about. Because they said that they would cover unsecured. So that, that's very interesting there. Goes on to say senior management has also been removed. <laughs> so that tells you where the problem was. One thing I don't like about many banks is that, especially smaller banks, is that they have a lot of professional paper pushers that are very um, snobby and arrogant. And, you know, like I said in a previous podcast, Um, they, they think very highly of themselves and they basically just hire each other. It's like a, like a good old boy system. And they typically graduate from some of the same schools, like some of these business schools and things like that. And so there's no variety and they cover for each other. It's like a frat house. So I've never really been impressed with senior management in general, but especially at banks. They're pretty much, I think a lot of them are stupid. I mean, just look at how many bank failures we have had in the United States. You can't tell me senior management did not know what was going on in their bank. And if they did know, they are really evil for not preventing their bank from failing. That's the thing. 
Either way, their senior management was removed for a really good reason. Really good reason. Goes on to say, any losses to the deposit insurance fund to support unsecured depositors will be recovered by a special assessment on banks as required by law. What that means by special assessments on banks, that means you and I pay all these extra fees and penalties because of these people's stupidity. That means everyone in the United States that has a bank account in the United States will have to pay more in fines and fees or whatever to cover this loss. So the taxpayer is put on the hook. But it's via the banks. It's not via the federal government, it's via the banks. So, you know, that's why you have to be careful about this wording. You have to read between the lines and and think, okay, they just said the taxpayer is not going to be responsible for this, but then actually we are responsible for it. We are. We are we are put on the hook for these idiots. This stupid bank that probably had problems for a long time and senior management did not want to do anything about it. Goes on to say the receiver for Silicon Valley Bank has also transferred all qualified financial contracts of the failed bank to the Bridge Bank. These actions will protect depositors and preserve the value of the assets and operations of Silicon Valley Bank. which may improve recoveries for creditors and the DIF. It doesn't say anything about helping the taxpayers not be on the hook. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um so they what I don't like about this example is that it's basically the cronies that are being protected. It's not the American public. It's not the American people. Yet again, we are put on the hook for these idiots and their willful neglect of doing what's right. It's almost like the the bailout for the auto industry. It's stupid. No one is too big to fail, and if they fail, you're on your own. I mean, you know, the American people and taxpayers, we are not professional babysitters. But that's what the government has turned us into repeatedly. And it's stupid. Those in the say this is just some terminology a bridge bank is a chartered national bank that operates under a board appointed by the FDIC. It assumes the deposits and certain other liabilities and purchases certain assets of a failed bank. Usually the the good assets. <laughs> so um they these people are not stupid. So they can very much be crooks but they're not stupid. The bridge bank structure is designed to bridge the gap between the failure of a bank and the time when the FDIC can stabilize the institution and implement an orderly resolution meaning they want to make sure that the bank um doesn't completely fall apart especially in regards to their depositors and their clients so this means that when the FDIC becomes the receiver via a bridge bank they're trying to find other banks that will want to purchase this bank That's the thing. Like they're basically scrambling very quickly to figure out what to do, okay? Goes on to say the FDIC named Tim, I can't pronounce his last name, Mayo Palos as CEO of Silicon Valley Bridge Bank. Mr. Mayo Palos is a former president and CEO of the Federal National Mortgage Association and most recently served as president of Blend Labs Inc. Now, let's go to the other press release. So that was from March 13th. uh 2023 they had a second press release about 13 days later uh, 13 days later excuse me let me get you a water hold on just a second so the second press release came out March 26th of 2023 and again this is from the FDIC it says um let's see the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation also known as FDIC entered into a purchase and assumption agreement for all deposits and loans of Silicon Valley Bridge Bank by First Citizens Bank and Trust Company of Raleigh, North Carolina. It says the 17 former branches of Silicon Valley Bridge Bank National Association will open as First Citizens Bank and Trust Company on Monday, March 27th, 2023. Customers of Silicon Valley Bridge Bank National Association should continue to use their current branch until they receive notice. from First Citizens Bank and Trust Company 
uh, that systems conversions have been completed to allow full service banking at all of its other branch locations. Depositors of Silicon Valley Bridge Bank National Association will automatically become depositors of First Citizens Bank and Trust Company. All deposits assumed by First Citizens Bank and Trust Company will continue to be insured by the FDIC up to the insurance limit. That's very hypocritical because it says they are insuring this up to the insurance limit, but prior to that, when they made the bridge bank for this one, the FDIC is insuring everybody. Everybody above and beyond 250k. That's a big problem. So, the FDIC is cherry picking who they want to cover and who they don't. And it's political. It's very political and we'll talk about that in just a moment. Goes on to say as of March 10th, 2023, Silicon Valley Bridge Bank National Association had approximately, get this, 167 billion dollars. That's billion with a B in total assets and about 119 billion dollars in total deposits. So there's an offset and it's not good. Today's transaction included the purchase of about 72 billion dollars of Silicon Valley Bridge Bank National Association's assets, get this, at a discount of 16.5 billion dollars. So just look at that difference. It's a difference of almost 60 billion dollars. Where do you think the rest of that money is going to come from? It's going to come from the American taxpayer. So just because this bank that's taking them over is getting a discount of like almost 60 billion dollars that doesn't mean that um that that money just goes away it means that you and I the american taxpayer will be on the hook for that huge discount so it's cronyism via the federal government via the fdic via the state of california via silicon valley bank via silicon valley national bridge bank very shady. Oh, I missaid the name. Silicon Valley Bridge Bank National Association goes on to say approximately 90 billion dollars in securities and other assets will will remain in the receivership for disposition by the FDIC. So basically that means the bank that is taking them over did not want that 90 billion in securities and other assets. That means that they were really bad. That means they they did not want to touch them. Basically, this bank's books were far from being in, in order. That's why it was a problem. In addition, it says the FDIC received equity appreciation rights in First Citizens Bank shares of Raleigh, North Carolina, common stock with a potential value of up to $500 million. A drop in the bucket considering that um this bank is costing the American public billions of dollars, billions. It's dumb. Goes on to say the FDIC and First Citizens Bank and Trust Company entered into a loss share transaction on the commercial loans it purchased of the former Silicon Valley Bridge Bank National Association. The FDIC, as receiver, and First Citizens Bank and Trust Company will share in the losses that's bull and potential recoveries on the loans covered by the loss share agreement. Here's why that's bull. I guarantee you neither of them are going to share the losses. It's going to be you and me, the American taxpayer, that's going to pay for this. Because whenever a bank fails, especially this big one, this big fat tick, they dip into the FDIC fund, which is funded by the American taxpayer. So, what's interesting is that these banks, they dip into the FDIC fund and then the the potential recoveries don't go back to the taxpayer. It either goes back to the government or to the uh, to the bank that took them over, which isn't right, because our tax dollars belong to the American people. We should have more of a say so of what these people are doing, because you have to remember that a lot of people that work in the FDIC or or they work in the financial sector or the banking sector, a lot of these people know each other. They've known each other for years at all these different banks, all these different agreements, or these. associations whatever the case may be many of them they know each other many of them they went to school together that's why they're giving each other really cushy deals as the american public the american taxpayer that's told that totally gets screwed over on stuff like this 
That's why it's wrong. That's why this one really hit the fan. And this is why the Senate and the Congress and the House of Representatives were not happy about this at all. I think they had a Senate hearing about it because it was really bad. Goes on to say the loss share transaction is projected to maximize recoveries on the assets by keeping them in the private sector. That may be true, but the loss is to the American people. The the recoveries is going back to the FDIC and to this new bank, this bank that's taking them over, First Citizens Bank and Trust Company. So this is not good at all. It's the American people that are suffering the consequences of upper senior management at this stupid bank in California, you know, that basically live with their head in the clouds. Goes on to say the transaction is also expected to minimize disruptions for loan customers. That's probably true. Um, in addition, First Citizens Bank and Trust Company will assume all loan-related qualified financial contracts. I'm not surprised because they want the ones that are qualified. They don't want the bad ones. They just want the cushy good ones. Why am I not surprised? Goes on to say the FDIC estimates the cost of the failure of Silicon Valley Bank to its deposit insurance fund to be approximately twenty billion dollars. I guarantee you, it is way more than that. Because they gave First Citizens Bank and Trust Company almost a sixty billion dollar discount. Where are they getting that discount from? The money has to come from somewhere. So it comes from you and I, the the American people, the taxpayers of this country. Goes on to say the exact cost will be determined when the FDIC terminates the receivership. The FDIC creates Silicon Valley Bridge Bank National Association following the closure of Silicon Valley Bank by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation. All of the deposits, both insured and uninsured, and all assets and all qualified financial contracts of Silicon Valley Bank were transferred to the Bridge Bank. That should not have happened. The uninsured ones, hey, that's what happens in life. If it's not insured, it's not insured. But they made an exception to the rule because. Excuse me, because this bank is in California. I guarantee you, if this bank was in Kansas, the federal government and the FDIC wouldn't give a hoot about the depositors in Kansas. Because the federal government and the FDIC, I guarantee you, they think the state of Kansas is stupid, but but they don't think California is stupid. But yet California, <laughs> they have been bankrupt for years. Kansas has not been, but yet. Many of the other states in the United States, especially in the Bible Belt states, we get told that that we're stupid and we're and we're just in the Bible Belt, and yet we are not in the financial red as a state like California or New York. But yet the states of California and New York, they get a whole lot more money from the federal government. Why? Because they they get special treatment and they should not. And I think that's terrible, because that's not equality. But yet, both those states are Democrat, California and New York. They claim to believe in equality, but they don't practice it. Like they don't practice what they preach, because they can still be pretty disrespectful to the states that they think are stupid country hicks, and that that's a problem because it affects even the financial sector via the FDIC. Because some of these stupid snobs. These bureaucrats, these professional paper pushers, they work for the federal government. That's why the federal government doesn't care as much about red states as it does blue states. That's why the federal government gives special treatments to Democrats, and they do not give special treatment to Republicans. There should be no excuse me, <coughs> my throat is dry. I apologize. There should be no special treatment to anyone. That defeats the purpose of having equality in your country.、It、goes on to say the purpose of establishing Silicon Valley Bridge Bank National Association was to allow time for the FDIC to stabilize the institution and market the franchise, and also it doesn't say this, but also to show favoritism to California. One thing I was going to say is that one of the reasons why this hit the fan, and why this bank, and why the state of California got special treatment. Is because there were several depositors that were gay and/or lesbian companies, and they had bank accounts at this bank. And some of these gay and lesbian、um, 
depositors. They had companies in the United States. I mean, they were small companies, nothing huge. Um, there were some um, homosexuals that were depositors of that bank, and they were from the United States. And there was a company. It was these two lesbian women. They were from the UK. I don't know why anyone from the UK would be doing business in Silicon Valley Bank of California when I mean it's in another country and it's it's not a huge international bank. I mean I, I don't know why you would do business with a bank when your money is so far away from you. Well, um, a lot of these homosexuals and these um, some were transgender as well. I think um, they basically put uh, pulled the um, uh, not the race card, which some people did do that as well. Um, They basically pulled the card of, oh, you know, this bank did this because we're we're gay, we're homosexual, we're lesbian, we're transgender. You know, they they pulled all that. They made it political, and so because they made it political, and they said, oh, well, this bank failed, and we're not getting our money because you know we are a lesbian company or something. It had nothing to do with their gender, had nothing to do with their sexuality, nothing. You know, here's the thing: when a bank fails, it affects everybody equally, but unfortunately, because they had these um, These homosexual depositors had such a hissy fit, and they made it about their sexuality. Of course, because it's a bank in California, um, that's why they got. That's one reason why they got special treatment. Another reason why they got special treatment was because there were, I guess, several companies—not huge, but several companies—in India that had bank accounts in Silicon Valley Bank in California, and they stupidly. Had um, bank accounts that were above and beyond 250k. So anything above and beyond 250,000 dollars, you're not insured. Duh. I mean, read the fine print, read the bold print, read the pamphlet. You know, like duh. Well, there were several Indian companies that I guess were trying to claim that um, they were not getting access to their funds because they're from India and they're Indian. And I'm like, really, you're going to pull the race card on this? You know, what's interesting is I didn't hear any white people go, "Oh, this bank is failing, and they're not giving us our money because we're white." Here's the thing: if white people or Anglo-Saxon people came and say the word Anglo-Saxon people of that heritage and of that um, ancestry, if they were to pull these race cards, like like these people did, oh my gosh, it would have been all over CNN or MSNBC. Look at what white people are doing. They're claiming that's because of their race. Well, here's the thing. If people from India can can pull the race card, then so can everybody else. Why? Because when you open a bank account, it's not about your race. If it is about race, then there very much would be a violation of federal law. But this bank did not fail because of a violation of federal law due to race or gender or sexuality. It had nothing to do with that. It had to deal with stupid people doing stupid things. With other people's money, and it affected all depositors, regardless of your gender, your race, your creed, whatever. So this bank got special treatment because certain groups that tend to throw a lot of hissy fits lately, they get special treatment. You know, I didn't have a bank account with with Silicon Valley Bank, but I am a I'm not Anglo-Saxon per se, but I am a white female. I'm heterosexual. And if I had lost all of my money, I guarantee you they would not have cared about me. Why? Because I'm white and I'm heterosexual. That's why. Oh, and also, I, I guess you could say I'm religious. I'm a Jewish Christian. You know, what's interesting is that not a single Christian or a single Jew, I didn't see any of them, you know, make a statement online or something saying, "Oh, this bank failed and they're not giving us our money because we're Jewish or we're Christian." I didn't hear any of them do that. You you know why? Because Jews and Christians or Jewish Christians, they don't think that way. They don't play the victim. They don't play the race card. They, they don't they don't play this political nonsense. Typically, they have a very good understanding of the banking system, and they know just common sense that when a bank fails, it affects everybody equally. It has nothing to do with your lifestyle. <laughs> It has nothing to do with that. If anything, it has to do with the lifestyle of upper management. Because I guarantee you, upper management and senior management of this bank, I bet you they were living high off the hog for a long time, and I guarantee you they're probably still living high off the hog. Because I bet they did not have to give back any of their bonuses or really cushy pay. I guarantee you, 
they are doing really well and i bet you if anything they have been hired at other banks because they know how to make other people rich because they know how to screw over their depositors that's why you should never hire someone that worked in upper management at a failed bank because they caused it to fail they didn't stop it they did not prevent it let me put it this way this bank failure was so bad well every single one of these is so bad that the federal government had to intervene and our tax dollars were used to stop a bank run that's how bad it was that has nothing well technically it is political i was going to say i was going to say technically it's not political but technically it is because the reason why this bank got favoritism was because it's in california and they pulled politics they 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 pulled genderism they they pulled all this stuff they threw the biggest sissy fits you know what that is favoritism favoritism is illegal in the banking sector in the banking industry in the financial industry if you have favoritism of any kind it's against federal law it's against federal law but here we see the FDIC the federal government this bank and these higher ups pretty much they all broke federal law why because they allowed favoritism but the reason why it was allowed is because you know the FDIC is run by the government it's a federal agency can you imagine a federal agency calling itself out <laughs> you know this is why congress had some hearings about this because the FDIC um some of the some of the powers that be that are democrats they wanted to protect this bank no matter what they broke the rules for this bank why because it's in california and it was made political and that's not right that's not the purpose of financial laws or banking laws or even just federal law Laws are made, they're not supposed to be bended. You don't skirt the law just to fit your MO. I mean, otherwise that defeats the purpose of of any federal law or or any state law or any regulation. If you allow favoritism, you've totally broken the system. And Silicon Valley Bank and what they did to save all the depositors, save all of them, It wasn't legal, it wasn't right, it certainly was not moral. But here's the thing. You know, if anyone says anything negative about them, oh, you you must be against gays or trans or or lesbians or Indians or blacks. I mean, I mean you name it. It's like, no, we're talking about federal law. Federal law applies to everybody equally. And whenever you are doing business with a bank, you should just know there's always risk. especially anything above 250k. Duh. These people squealed like spoiled rotten little kids on aisle 7 at a Toys R Us. That's why they got their way and that is not appropriate for this. It's never appropriate to be like that as an adult, but the government and the FDIC should know better. but they played favorites. I never thought I would see the FDIC give special treatment to a bank like this ever. Ever. And we're talking billions of dollars, billions. That is not our problem, the American taxpayer. But unfortunately, You know there there are very much a lot of socialists that work with the FDIC or in the FDIC and they work for the federal government and many of these people are appointed to these positions so these are positions that we don't get to elect these people into office so they get appointed and they stay in their position for a really long time which if they're a good person that's great but if they're a bad person or corrupt or evil or wicked and they do things like this it poses a huge problem it's like having a dictator 
that just won't ever leave office, you know. So this is why you have to be careful who you elect to any public office, especially the presidency of the United States, because the president and anybody that they appoint, anyone that they appoint, they can stay in that position for a long time. And that's why President Trump, he said he wanted to drain the swamp because he knew that there were a lot of bad people working in the government. You know, many of these positions are appointed or they're nominated. And then those appointed people or those nominated people, they hire their goons. They're not going to hire someone that rocks the boat. That's why This bank got away with billions of dollars. That's why. And banks are not supposed to do that. If they fail, they fail. Even the deal that they worked with First Citizens Bank and Trust Company was shady. And technically North Carolina, oh man, I don't think it's a Bible Belt state, but it's in the south. <coughs> Sorry, my voice is going out a little bit. It's in the south a little bit. But, you know, It just very much disappoints me that a bank acts like this, but what really disappoints me is that a federal agency caved in to the to these jerks. Very corrupt cronies that worked at this bank. And then the FDIC and our government gave in to all these people, you know, because our our current administration under President Biden, or not O'Biden, <laughs> second Obama, President Biden, sorry. Um they they show favoritism to homosexuals, transgenders and and any race besides um any race that is not white. And that's not right to do that. That's discrimination. But the Biden administration and the people that he has appointed, they operate in a totally different way that is not the American way. It's not constitutional, it's not legal and it's not moral. And we and we talk about this on this podcast because it's banks like this that affect everybody. And they get away with so much. And that's really sad. That's very sad because that's not equality. It's also it's not life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. It's least some fleece them don't get caught is the way they operate. So that's it's very sad to see a bank operate like that. But it does happen. Sadly. And unfortunately, um the state of California they act like they are the be all in all and they are not. I mean, it's a beautiful state. I mean, they have some wonderful people that live there and it's they have some awesome companies that are there, but I mean, um their citizens that live out there many of them keep voting in really bad people and they're not for America they're only for themselves that's a problem but anyway i will end it there for this lovely podcast but as usual until next time i pray that you're happy healthy and whole that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week thank you so much god bless and bye bye Task. From the smallest depths, waves transform.